You're listening to AM 1490, WWPR, Bradenton, Sarasota, Tampa Bay. And now it's time for Shut up and sit down. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition of Paraprobe. Oh, yeah. I'm jumping a gun on you today, buddy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm your host, Sarah Silverman. No, that's not it. I misread that. Yeah. Chance Hancock. Chance Hancock. That's we, me. We need to get your teleprompter right, bro. I know, man. Somebody keeps going with it. Getting up there in years. Can't oh. do it without reading. Man, that's just wrong. <laughs> wrong. On so many levels. <laughs> oh, right. I couldn't help myself. It was open. It was there. Yeah. Already. Uh, so... It's going to be a good show tonight. Looking forward to it. Damn Been good looking show. forward to it for the last two weeks. Oh, yeah. We're, We're having Harvard professor Avi Lowe back. He, uh, we interviewed him last year uh, at the release of his book, what was it, Extraterrestrial, mm-hmm. about the, uh, what was that, Muamua? Muamua? Muamua. Muamua, yeah, the asteroid, Muamua, that uh, decided it, or uh, alleged asteroid or object, object is a better word, that uh, sped up as it was going away from the sun. Um, suggesting that it might be more than just a, your run-of-the-mill rock. Exactly. And he has a brand-new project that is coming up that we're going to be talking about tonight. And uh, it definitely deals with aliens. We're going to leave it at that until he comes on and we talk about it more. Speaking of... And very um, important people joining him on this project, too, as well. Word. Um, so, I forgot to mention, like, right after our interview, like, maybe a month or two afterwards, mm-hmm. he found another object that had the same characteristics, except this one was from us. It was a rocket booster from 1966, one of the missions to the moon. Really? And it did the exact same thing, like, basically proving his point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ta-da. Like, all these papers were out there, and I was, like, doing some, like, extra research because, yeah. like, I haven't read about him in a while, and... I, didn't even know he was on Joe Rogan. That that like I about jumped for joy. Uh, dude, he's been on everything. Uh, yeah. Avi has been on every news outlet from CNN, Fox, MSNBC. Everything. Um, everything. 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 Uh, he's been on. Uh, they, I mean, Newsweek has done articles on him. I think Time Magazine did an article on him. Dude, he was on. He did. I, a thousand interviews on freaking TV, dude. Yeah. Like just he's, all over the place. Yeah, everything from like NPR to now, like you said, Joe Rogan. Uh, he's been on anything and everything. Yeah, no, he he really knows the stuff. And yeah. even though you know he has uh, what is it? He, he has some skeptics in the scientific community. I like his approach. Yeah. He approaches it from the true scientific perspective. You know, an open mind and try to prove and disprove everything by a rational scientific method. Exactly. You know, not like close your mind to things that uh, you don't like. Yeah. Which that, that, that's why we like him. Yeah. Plus, now, we get drinking stories about Stephen Hawking, so, you know. That was definitely pretty cool. <laughs> to, to hear a drinking story about Stephen Hawking, is, yeah, that yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be one of those shows I'm very happy to have him back on again, you know. And, and to be honest, I mean, because, well, I didn't get a chance to confirm earlier today, you know, that he would be calling in, but I'm sure he will. Uh, but if he doesn't, honestly, I'm not going to be mad because I know he is swamped right now. So I'm just putting that out there beforehand. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he stands this up. I am going to be super disappointed. And be no, like, he'll just come it, on next weekend. It, 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 or not next weekend. By the way, speaking of which, we will not be doing our show next weekend. It's uh, Thanksgiving weekend, so we're not going to be here. Yeah, we're going to be eating turkeys and shooting our uh, uh, relatives. Or shooting turkeys and eating our relatives. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Dharma party of one. <laughs> you so. know, it's in honor of our serial killer aspect. <laughs> so, yeah, we're. Uh, I'm definitely looking to, uh, forward to the holidays coming up, you know, seeing family and friends and whatnot and avoiding them as much as possible. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting because uh, we got voluntold what we were, uh, where we were going. Our grand- My grandparents, who we wind up at, Every year, they're yeah. out of town. They're honestly, I forgot where they went. Might be Indiana, might be Virginia, could mm-hmm. be New York. Who knows? But um, they're out of town. And then uh, her dad uh, is. We're going to a bar mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving dinner, which is like interesting because like I don't think I've ever been to a bar on Thanksgiving. Really. Yeah, I've been drunk on Thanksgiving. <laughs> just I, I know I've been to a bar on Thanksgiving before, but that was like 
long, long time ago. Yeah. I think I've only been to a bar on Thanksgiving like once, maybe twice in my life. I mean, know? yeah, no, I, it, it, it's going to be new. We're going to a tiki bar after Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, that, tiki bar. Okay. Yeah. It, it's down there where you used to live, literally like two blocks away. A tiki? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know where we're going. Okay. Yeah, we're on Treasure Island. Yes, sir. Yep. And, uh, well, that's the plan. Who knows how that's going to pan out, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be pandemonium. Yeah, I already had enough fun today hanging out with my uh, two older brothers. And, oh, my uh, God. What is that even like? <laughs> we were a handful, and it never changed. <laughs> we still are a handful, even oh, as man. adults. Yeah. How is it that I've known you this long? I'm like, I haven't met your brothers, or like, well, well because I mean, my, they live out of state. Yeah, yeah. My oldest brother, he lives, uh, you know, up in the like Brandon area around there, and then uh, my my second oldest brother, he lives up in Tennessee. Dang. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was fun though. My 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 second oldest brother invited me and Stephanie to come up to visit him in Tennessee and stay on his sixty foot yacht. Yeah. Four yeah. staterooms. Like you said, we need to catch up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be fun. Get to go hang out with him for a few days, have some good times, and uh, I'm sure get into a lot of mischief. That's just the way it is. Mischief. Yeah. So we got a lot going on. Uh, we also have our St. Augustine event that's going to be coming up um, later in the beginning February. of next year. Yes, in February. I'll be putting all that information out. Actually, you know what? I'm going to be giving everybody more information on that towards the end of the show tonight. So uh, we'll definitely you know, be putting that out there, letting you guys know now exactly what's going on with the St. Augustine event. Because I know we've been teasing it, throwing it out there for a while, that we have this event coming up in St. Augustine that we put on that we're doing. But we're going to be more detailed now this time around and let you know more of what's going on and what's going down. Get you guys excited. Yeah. We'll be opening up ticket, soon, uh, ticket sales here very soon. Um, we were, that was the thing about the ticket sales. Uh, we, we thought about doing it now, and we're like, you know what? It's too close to the holidays. Let's just wait, you know. Get past the holidays first, and then we'll we'll drop the ticket sales open, you know, for it. I mean, it'd be but, a good Christmas gift. But I was gonna say we're probably before Christmas, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So we're definitely give it before a solid, Christmas. You know, that's strategically sound. Yeah. So make sure for all you folks out there, make sure you follow us on social media so you can keep up with all our postings about it as well. Make sure you follow us at Paraprobe Radio. That is on Instagram and our Facebook. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's just Paraprobe. 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 And it's all, <laughs> I've had people ask me, how do you spell paraprobe? <laughs> okay. Para? Take probe. the word para, like paranormal, P-A-R-A, Par, yeah. para and then Spanish, yeah. put probe at the end of that. So it's paraprobe. It's all one word. Paraprobe. Bro, I've been on a Spanish kick lately. Like, I, I know what triggered it. I just thought about what triggered it. So, like... I had some guy ask me if I speak Spanish, and I used to be fluent. Like, I worked on a tugboat. Dude, you and I have, like, said stuff to each other in Spanish. Yeah, no, yeah. we've carried on full conversations, and, yeah. like, I worked on tugs, and there was literally a Honduran from Roatan, um, a Puerto Rican, and then the captain who, like, we never saw. But, like, mm-hmm. we did nothing but speak Spanish on the deck and the engine room, all that. Hey, that's your phone. Yeah, and that would be our guest calling me on my cell phone. So, you keep carrying on. I'm going to step to the side okay, and answer yeah. this. Okay, yeah, no. We, I was on this boat with these guys for like, I don't know, six months and spoke nothing but Spanish. So, like, learned all this Spanish, and now I forgot it all because I don't ever use it. And, uh, yeah, so I've been trying to use it more and more. And what is going on with you over there? Is he calling? He's calling? He's going to be calling in. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Okay. I like how he calls us. I like how he calls to let us know he's going to call. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, he uh, he actually called me and he was like, "Hey, do you want me to call in or do you want to call me?" I'm like, "Uh, "We're currently on air. Just call me." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) call us. We won't call you. (laughs) You can't hear anything. No, it's weird. I can't hear anything through my headphones. All of a sudden, I hear you. I hear the phone ringing now. Hey. So, we have a very important guest calling in currently right now at this moment. And it just might be our guest caller. <laughs> uh, yeah, it must have been a miscommunication there because uh, Chance and I were uh, just discussing, like, hey, um, we're, he's supposed to call in at any moment. And, uh, yeah, we didn't really have it right. But I'm just about to put you on air here. And, um, yeah, I, I was. We'll get to yeah, uh, talking away here if I don't. 
<laughs> Jesse's trying to make sure he gets them on air without losing them. Hey, can we hear you? Yeah, we had a situation with our we had a situation with our headphones here not too long ago in our uh, right. our phone set to where we couldn't get somebody to call in. It was weird. Um, I think they redone the boards. Hey, Avi, you're and, on, you're on the air. Can you hear? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. And I did not hang up on you. It's a miracle. It is a miracle. Ever since we uh, uh, lost our board op, we've uh, been having issues trying to figure things out. And your headphones are not working? or? Nope. Um, I'm not using headphones. Uh, no, Chance, uh, Chance Hancock, my co-host here. We're having technical difficulties. But uh, how you doing, Avi? Long time no see. I'm doing, I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, congratulations on getting the project kicked off and uh, being on Joe Rogan because, like, that's epic. Well, there were many more things happening over the past uh, seven months since my book came out. Uh, I had about 1,200 uh, interviews, and uh, Joe Rogan was one of them, one of the early ones. But uh, in addition, uh, 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 the book was translated to 25 languages, and um, more recently there was the, the report uh, by the Director of National Intelligence that was delivered to, to Congress about unidentified aerial phenomena, and a month later... Uh, we established the Galileo project, which uh, is private uh, um, private donations. And uh, uh, there were a number of people that came to the porch of my home and uh, offered to support it. And we currently have more than 100 uh, scientists involved in it, and we're starting to put together the telescope systems that would allow us to, to get uh, better data and figure out uh, the nature of these uh, UAP. You know, I definitely have to admit, and I know this is going to sound really cheesy, but the first time I got the email from you about the Galileo project, I was, like, dancing around. I, like, called, you know, Jesse up, and I'm like, Jesse, you have got to hear about this. I was so excited. Yeah, I, it's the first time that a, a team of scientists comes together and decides to establish a, a scientific research project on this subject. It was ridiculed for many decades, and... Uh, and, and now the, the government uh, is admitting that there is something out there that we need to figure out, and it's the duty of scientists to, to try and explain it, and that's what the project is trying to do. And um, I was really surprised a week ago. I attended the forum uh, in the Washington National Cathedral, and uh, it was, I mean, there were very uh, high-level uh, people there, and, such as the, the head of NASA, Bill Nelson, the director of national intelligence, Avril Haines, uh, Blue Origins, uh, Jeff Bezos was there, wow. uh, and uh, a theologian from uh, Durham University, uh, David Wilkinson. And uh, when the event was over, um, I saw a line of more than 50 people waiting to speak with me. And uh, it took me half an hour to go through all of them. And uh, the general message that came came uh, again and again was that uh, people are really excited about the project and they wanted uh, to thank me for carrying on uh, this this research project and uh, and they said that it's very meaningful for them so I I took it as a, <laughs> a commitment on my behalf to um, uh, justify their trust and uh, we are currently. Um, ordering the instruments that we will put on the first telescope system and uh, that will be put on the roof of the center for astrophysics in the coming months and once it works uh, according to the specifications uh, we will uh, make copies of it and uh, the, the number of copies depends depends on how many funds how much money we have uh, and uh, at the moment it will be at least uh, five copies uh, um, but uh, what and we hope that to have about a hundred of them, and that would require about a hundred million dollars. Uh, at the moment, we have about two million dollars. Wow, that is incredible, and it's really great to see so many scientists come together, especially when there were so many skeptics out there originally. You know, just trying to discredit the whole thing and keeping their minds closed. And uh, I think Chance has a question for you or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I can mention an anecdote. That we had a team meeting on on Friday, and uh, um, I allowed uh, some of these skeptics into the tent of the Galileo project because I believe that 
the evidence will dictate what we say and what we find, and it has nothing to do with prejudice or uh, opinions that people have. So I'm willing to uh, discuss this with people that initially are skeptics, and one of them is uh, Michael Shermer. He actually established a, a magazine called The Skeptic, and uh, he gave a short presentation at the meeting uh, about um, the statistical uh, doubts that he has about a possible extraterrestrial technological origin for some of these UAP. And uh, when he finished, they said, well, you know, if we get uh, good enough data, good enough evidence, it, it, we will not need statistics. Like if we have, for example, a megapixel image of an object and it looks like it has bolts and screws on it, it has a label saying made on exoplanet Y, it's clearly not from this Earth. <laughs> and I don't think we will not need to argue about it. And you will, if it's uh, convincing beyond a, a reasonable doubt, you will admit it. And he said, well, in that case, I will be happy to report about it in my magazine, uh, Skeptic. And I said, well, this uh, gesture is not enough for me. I want you to change the name of this magazine from Skeptic to Believer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, you know, that's the thing, too, that, that I've always said about skeptics. And, and I don't care what you may be involved with. I mean, whether, like, you know, you searching for UAP you know, with us doing, like, you know, the paranormal investigations for possible, you know, ghostly entities and such. The one thing I always say is a skeptic is a believer waiting to happen. They just haven't had their own personal experience yet. Yeah. So, I, yeah, and in science, uh, we are guided by evidence. Uh, you know, exactly. The lesson we learned from four centuries ago, the, uh, Galileo uh, realized that what people have been saying, that the, the sun moves around the Earth, is probably incorrect based on uh, what he saw through his telescope. And the philosophers at the time uh, refused to believe it. They said, we know that the sun moves around the Earth. We don't want to look through a telescope. And they put him in house arrest. And today they would have canceled him on social media. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And so uh, the, the, the moral of this story is that today when we design space missions, we don't even think about those philosophers. We remember Galileo. We take into account the motion of the Earth around the sun. And reality is, whatever it is, doesn't matter what people say and how many likes uh, uh, an idea gets on Twitter. That is irrelevant because reality yep. is whatever it is. So if we don't look through our windows, uh, it doesn't get rid of our neighbors. Exactly. Exactly. I see, it's the one thing that I love about how, like, you know, speaking with you, like the last time we had you on the show, and of course now again, the reason why I've been staying so avid on following you on all this stuff is because I love, it's not just the scientific mind of how you approach things. It's the plain and simple logical way that you approach things. That and I it's love. consistent. It's consistent, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm just using common sense, and the most uh, vivid memory that I have from my childhood was uh, is that, um, you know, I would ask a difficult question at dinner and the adults in the room would uh, pretend that they know the answer, even though <laughs> what they said didn't, didn't make much sense. And it was obvious they don't know the answer. And But that was the good experience. The bad experience was when they would dismiss the question altogether and say that it's not interesting and move on to something else just because they didn't know the answer. And uh, I thought that by becoming a scientist, uh, I will be able to do that and uh, be surrounded by like-minded people that are intrigued by questions to which we don't know the answer and try to figure out the answer based on evidence. But uh, I'm surprised that, you know, I'm, I'm encountering the same uh, attitude of the adults in the room uh, right now. Some scientists refuse to discuss this question. They say we need uh, extraordinary evidence before considering the possibility that there might be technological equipment near Earth uh, and, and guess what? If if you're not uh, willing to, to look for this evidence, if you're not funding the search, you will never find that. Uh, it's a circular argument. And um, it, it's the same thing as uh, arguing you don't have any mail. You don't need to go to the mailbox to check it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. If you don't go to the mailbox, you will never find that you have mail. Exactly. And, you know, and it's so funny. Like, I, I think a lot of it, and this is, of course, my personal opinion. 
I think a lot of it also has to do with a lot of ego out there that everybody else has to feel oh, 100%. That they're right, no one else is correct. You know, I, I'm sure you're yeah. probably running into that headache quite a uh, quite a bit. Yeah, in fact, um, in these uh, 1,200 interviews that I had, this question came back again and again. What? Why do you think there is resistance, pushback? And uh, it took me a long time, and a few weeks ago I realized that, that indeed it all have, has to do with the ego. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, experts, um, they prefer that there would be nothing new, because if there is something completely different from what they thought, then it would demonstrate that their knowledge was incomplete. They want to pretend they know everything. So if there is an object that doesn't look quite like a rock that we have seen before, they would dismiss the, the evidence and just ignore it and, uh, so that they can maintain their status as experts and pretend that they know everything based on what we learned in the past. And that's related to their ego. They, they resist anything new. And uh, moreover, you know, if the public in general is interested in something, um, the people in academia tend to feel sort of elevated and therefore, you know, they don't want to engage uh, with the public. They want to pretend that, you know, they're on a pedestal, they can, uh, you know, uh, work on things the public doesn't really understand that are opaque, that not necessarily relevant. Uh, it's just like wondering about how many angels can sit on the tip of a pin and just demonstrating that they are smart and so forth. But that's not really the objective of science. Science is supposed to figure out reality. And if the public cares about the question, like, is there equipment from other civilizations around us, then it's the duty of scientists to address it. And it's not about us showing that we are smart. It's about finding out what's out there. Yeah, and that's why scientists always question everything. I mean, I grew up and, you know, I came up through college in forensic sciences and stuff, and we were taught to always question everything. Don't take everything at face value. Dig deeper and find the evidence. If you got a question and science is based off just everybody questioning everything just to make sure that it's repeatable evidence, you know what I mean? Right, and, and that's the way that also kids uh, do, you know, if you tell a kid, what the truth is, the kid doesn't believe you. The kid wants to figure it out himself or herself, and that's why kids <laughs> often get, get bruised, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the wrong. Day. But the point is, that's the way to discover something new. Because if you are always trapped in what you already know, you will you will not be open-minded to to find something new. And and that's pretty much what is happening on this subject right now. But I should say that uh, I was surprised that a couple of weeks ago when. I heard about um, uh, an amendment that was proposed by Senator Gillibrand, and it's to establish uh, an office in government that will look into these unidentified aerial phenomena, and and it includes uh, also an advisory committee or advisory board that will have 20 to 25 members. And uh, out of those, uh, three will be selected by the head of NASA, two by the president of the National Academies of Sciences, two by the president of the National Academy of Engineering, and three by the director of the Galileo Project. So when you uh, when you get nominated to like be the head of this, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will think hard about who to nominate uh, for this committee. And, uh, but the, the good news is that it's being the project is being recognized even in Washington, D.C. I, I, I didn't lobby for it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's um, remarkable that we get this recognition, not only from the public, but also from uh, the Senate. And, um, um, you know, it's still work in progress uh, as to what uh, convincing the, the mainstream of the academic community to, to get engaged. But I already have 100 scientists that are very enthusiastic working and uh, contributing to the project. And I'm hopeful. I mean, this... this uh, took place uh, over the past few months, and my book was published just seven months ago. So, you know, things are happening. Well, and the thing is, too, like the staff that you have for the Galileo project that you pick, it's not like you're, you know, you got guys from Burger King flipping burgers coming in to do this. I mean, we're talking about like Christopher Mellon, you know, Louis Elizondo, the the two that you recently added. I mean, we're talking about hard-hitting figures, you know, of people that are extremely knowledgeable, extremely intelligent, and very well connected in order to, they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? And and it right. just, yeah, it really advances the seriousness of 
the project itself of the Galileo project. It, it'd be one thing if you hired me and Jesse to come in there. People would be like, really? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I was, I was joking. These two chuckleheads. <laughs> I was joking with our advertising guy out here. I was like, yeah, we're about to talk to somebody that's like 20 times smarter than both of us put together. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't have any um, uh, evaluation of people in my head, but, but there are people with a lot of expertise involved and mm-hmm. many scientists, you know, uh, first-rate first uh, scientists involved, like, for example, the principal investigator of the New Horizons mission that, to Pluto. His name is Alan Stern. And uh, there are many quite distinguished people involved. Uh, and um, um, that implies that, you know, this, this uh, subject is exciting. And um, uh, previously it was stigmatized and uh, people were afraid to speak out about it, and I think we are moving away from that. And my hope is that it will become part of the mainstream of astronomy. And you know, if we do find something, well, first of all, we are going in a path that was not taken before. You know, there is this uh, mm-hmm. po- there is this poem by Robert Frost that is quite well known that there were two uh, roads, and I took the one less taken. Uh, okay, uh, not taken. And uh, to me, the biggest advantage, and, and he says, Robert Frost says, uh, and that made all the difference. But for me, the biggest advantage of taking the, the path not taken <laughs> with the Galileo project is that there is a chance that there is some low-hanging fruit. And because mm-hmm. nobody took that path, you will be the first to pick up this low-hanging fruit. And uh, we just don't know whether there is law. I mean, it's a fishing expedition, you know, and we don't know what we will find. But the the fact that it was not done before, a scientific investigation of this uh, subject, implies that we might find, you know, uh, low-hanging fruit. And see, and that is the same thing that, like, Jesse and I had that conversation. And I told him, I said, do you realize, I said, that if the Galileo Project comes to fruition and they do find definitive non-argumentative proof of alien technology or aliens either way, either direction, to prove it. I said, that is going to change everything. Everything for mankind at that point. We will definitively know at that point in time that we are definitively not alone for one. I'm like, number two, we know the guy who found it. (laughs) (laughs) That's less important, you see. Um, I don't see uh, this as anything to do with me it's more about humanity uh, absolutely know, and, and, and it's important for us to figure out the reality that we live in because it will shape the way we think about our future you know our aspirations for space uh, in space and uh, the way we think about ourselves I, I you know when when my daughters were young they were at home and they thought that they're at the center of the world and they are the smartest in the world and then uh, that perception changed when we took them to the kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, for our civilization to mature, we need to find others. And it will change everything for us, just like uh, uh, it changed everything for, for my daughters when, when they met the other kids. Yeah, we need somebody to look up to and someone to, like, mentor us because we don't know. <laughs> as our society today exactly. proves, we don't know what the hell we, we're doing. We at are all. the toddlers of the universe. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I would guess that there must be a smarter kid on 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 our block. And, God, I hope so. <laughs> uh, and and, and uh, you know when students come to my class uh, at Harvard, I usually tell them half of you are below the median, because the definition of the median is that half of the students in any class are below the median. You know that's the definition. There there is no way to avoid that, and they get upset because uh, they all want to be at the top uh, of the class. And I tell them half of you are below the median. So, you know, it will be the same message for us if we find others, because I think probably we are sort of in the middle. You know, we are, we yeah. are probably not uh, special. Yeah, and, you know, and that's the thing, too. I mean, like with the whole point of science is the pursuit of knowledge. You know, you, you should always be looking for the next answer. You know, and, right. and that's my personal opinion about everything dealing with science, period, no matter what, you know, topic it's about. You know, it could be about physics. It could be about just numerous things. And yeah. yeah, and so like for us, the moment that you think you know everything, that's when you need to stop and reevaluate because you're going down the wrong path. That that's nothing right, but ego right. and pride talking at that point. Right, and it's really important to know the reality that we live in. You know, to, to yep. keep our eyes open, to figure out what's going on. 
because uh, it can only help us cope with it. You know, there were people a thousand years ago that said that anatomy should be forbidden. You shouldn't dissect the human body. You shouldn't have operations because that's the, the human body has a soul and, you know, you could hurt the soul by, by operating mm-hmm. the human body. And, and uh, you know, in retrospect, that was obviously wrong because nowadays we do a lot of operations. doesn't affect the soul of people. Um, and, uh, but imagine if scientists would say, well, this is a controversial subject. We don't want to do it. Um, and uh, would avoid it. Where would modern medicine be? So, so my point mm-hmm. is, science is always helpful if it gives us a better understanding. In the case of the human body, of the organs that are inside, it helps us cure people, um, you know, uh, repair things, that, some damage in their body, or, you know, it, it's the kind. Science always can be used for a good purpose if if you have a better understanding of reality. Exactly, and the one thing that I think that human, you know, humankind period needs to realize: the Earth is not going to be here forever. That's right. Eventually, yeah. we're gonna have to leave and go. We're gonna have to pack up and move out of the neighborhood. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. Know? Because, uh, yeah, all our eggs are in one basket right now. And exactly. Move away. Yes, I agree. Yeah, you know, and it's just like you said too. I mean, you know, you never know with if we came across this other, you know, civilization for lack of a better term, we came across them. Like you said, the the advancements that we could be making medically, for all we know, you know, for all we know, they may have a way to just cure cancer from one little drop of liquid you could drink. I mean, who knows? That's right. You know? That's right. We, we could learn from them, definitely. Exactly. And, uh, it, it will all be for, for the better as long as we are humble, as long as we don't uh, use our ego to decide what to do. You know, and I think that's the biggest problem in the world today, period. Uh, if you took out ego and pride, it's just like I told Jesse, with any situation, if you ever mix in either pride or greed, you'll destroy everything that you try to build. I, I completely agree. And I think that if we find a smarter kid on our block, uh, you know, all the small differences between us will become uh, meaningless because there exactly. is someone much smarter than we are. So then we will start treating each other with more respect and as equal members of the human species. That's my hope. Exactly. You know, like I'm one of those firm believers that – uh uh, like prime example, uh, for people who hate other people from another country or another race or anything of that nature, it's like, you know what, I'm one of those guys that I kind of don't like a lot of people in general, but I'm nice to everybody, okay? And right. <laughs> give me a reason not to like you, not because you just happen to be different, you know? That's right. And that's what we need to, to do a lot more on this planet. And maybe, you know, making contact might be that thing to start staring us in that direction. Oh, it definitely scare the hell out of a lot of uh prehistoric human beings for sure i mean or not prehistoric but like uh oh i lost a word i really feel dumb like i I make dumb mistakes all the time but this is like i'm talking to somebody smarter and it's like all right uh that's okay we'll we'll let you go on that trail we'll just sit back and laugh at you jesse yeah no no, most definitely uh god you ought to see me when when i'm drinking it's bad (laughs) uh speaking uh, of i think i think we agree on everything right now and um that's a good place for us to conclude because uh, there is not much more we sh- we need to say. We agree on on it. Absolutely. You know, I just I definitely want to say this one thing in particular. The one thing that I love about you is the fact that even with you know from an outside perspective, for incredibly smart as you are, you know your your great logical mind that I love, you know, and and your pursuit of everything you're doing right now, which is extremely impressive. Um, I think you're going to change the world. I really do. I think you're going to change the world one day, and it's going to be my honor to go, I know that guy, and I'm friends with him. <laughs> well, thank you very much, and I'll try to justify your trust. I'll do my best. Well, you definitely got my trust, and ask anybody who knows me, that's very hard to earn. So That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, before we wrap this up, is there anything out there that you want to share to everybody, like you know, website, uh, you know, any of your books, anything else you'd like to put out? It's carte blanche to you. Feel free. Uh, well, um, I, my book, Exoterrestrial, uh, will come in paperback um, in February uh, uh, at a lower cost. And, um, but it's, uh, it, it, as of a few days ago, it, uh, it, it was uh, selected as uh, the best book in nonfiction and in uh, science on Amazon for 2021. So uh, that's, that's that, phenomenal. That's, that is nice. Yeah, that, that was a, a nice uh, surprise as far as I'm concerned. Um, other than that, I'm starting to work on my next book, and um, 
and um, the Galileo project, uh, you can just Google it, uh, Galileo Project Harvard University, and you'll get to the website where you can find more information about it. Absolutely. That's one of those things. I know you're a very busy man, so I didn't want to lock up too much of your time. I know we could be talking about Galileo Project for weeks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, every few days I, I publish a commentary or an op-ed or uh, an essay, and all of them are listed on my website. So anyone interested, just put my name, Avi Loeb, um, find my website, and you can get access to all these uh, essays. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time, and uh, sorry for the little mix-up at the beginning. Um, I'm a little rusty with the phones, and uh, I really appreciate you taking your time out of your very, very busy schedule Absolutely. to uh, uh, consider us small people out here. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And it's a great pleasure to speak with you, and I'll be glad to come again if we find something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, um, have a great night, man. Yep. Have a great night. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. You know how awesome it is to talk to that guy and to be able to go, I know him. <laughs> very, very cool. Um, a little more in detail about, you know, Avi Loeb. Uh, like we said, we knew he had, he had a very busy schedule. Um, I was trying not to wrap him up for too long a time, you know, on the show tonight. You know, I promised him I wouldn't. I tried to keep it to, like, about 15 minutes, you know. We yeah, went, oh, yeah. went a little over, you know, but that, that's just how it is. Yeah, no, I mean, last time we went over, but he also had, he didn't also have, like, 50,000 things and hadn't done 1,200 freaking, 1,200. 1,200 interviews. Find, see, that's at the point where I would totally decline because I'd be like, damn, I ain't even got time for me. Like, um. I love the fact he just keeps us in the loop with the emails that everything is going on with the project. So yeah, I, super nice guy. Yeah, so I get to see everything that's happening with the project as it goes. Oh. So a little more into detail and i'm not going to get too much into detail about it because you know like you were saying you guys can go to the galileo project website you can look it up and find all, all you want to about it um essentially it's, it's for the search of alien technologies for lack of a better term um it you know that they are they have created he's got some of the top minds in the world on this project he's got you know now connected you know like he was talking about you know with the uh you know with um God, I don't know why I want to say NASA. Not with NASA, but the U.S. government, you know, being, you know, them being interested in this project now because people are taking it serious. You know, and that's the thing that I love about him and that I've always loved about, you know, Avi is the fact that uh, when he talks about the subject, it's not one of those, uh, let's be real, we're a paranormal talk show. We talk to some crazy people sometimes. Oh, let's yeah. be real. Okay, that's just the, the name of the game. That's what you have to deal with in this kind of field. All right. And so typically, if, if we're talking to somebody involving UFO, it's they've been abducted and they have some crazy story they're telling us and whatnot. Now, trust me, I'm not saying those people are crazy. I'm not saying that they're lying or nothing of that nature. I want to put that out there first. But there are times that, yes, we have come across people that, mm, yeah, they're, they're not really being so you know, forthright with us. Hey, on that's stuff. That, that, that's where I come in. I, I, I yeah. like the crazies. I like the crazies. Just me yeah, half the, my exes. The, the crazies are fun. On the show. Oh, yeah. But the thing that I love about Avi is that this is a, a real legitimate, you know, subject. It's a real legitimate scientific project. You know, this is, you know, like I said, some of the top minds in the world that are working on this. This isn't a group of guys in a garage with a telescope. You no. Know? Yeah, and I mean, his premise has always been the same. His personality about it's always been the same. He wants to find the truth. Yeah. He is just like 90% of the people out there that are in the scientific well, – I don't want to say 90%. 70% now. We'll because just say a good I, feel, yeah. I feel like recently the scientific community has been contaminated by people who just want to be right or want to be considered smart. Because as we discussed before, nerdism is like totally a popular thing to be now. So everybody wants to be a nerd, yeah. but not everybody understands what it means to be a nerd. You know, you know what I mean? And speaking of which, that's the one thing that I'm glad of, of like, okay, when you take shows like Freaks and Geeks back in the day, yeah. right? The Geeks part of that show they started making them more popular like think about this when i was growing up in my you know teen years stuff like that if you're really smart nobody want to hang out with you now you're uncool yep now the spectrum's totally flipped now yep. if you're really really smart people want to get to know you they exactly. want to hang out with you they want to hang out with a smart kid and i like that i like the fact that you know people are are starting to take note of the people around them and paying a little more attention to them and not making them an outcast because they happen to be intelligent. Because here's the thing for some of those people who picked on the nerds back in the day. Oh, no. Imagine the people who picked on Bill Gates, people who may have picked on Jeff Bezos. 
Oh, they're and they're yeah. buying from Amazon right this moment. Exactly. Right. People who have picked on hell Einstein for you know Einstein yeah. said he was bullied. Yeah. Yeah. And, I for mean, being he, smart. And, and I actually so that kind of I feel like that came full circle in like some of my travels like re researching things because like at the end of Einstein's career. He was the exact opposite of a lot of people. I mean, a lot of the scientists. He said that quantum uh, physics wasn't real, and a couple of and there couldn't be black holes, and this that, and gravity waves weren't a thing. And mm-hmm. now we've all kind of like proven, or not we all, but now that's kind of proven and out there. So I mean, I feel like he feel like that's not really a great example because he's but, he, he came but, full circle. He got kind of full of himself. But you got to consider the guy who was involved with the Manhattan Project. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. just saying that you're looking at, at people that had said, yes, I was bullied when I was younger for being smart. And look where they wound up in life, though, for being smart. So for those of you listening to our show, and I know that sometimes we do get a little bit of a younger audience, you know, high school level, stuff like that, because, well, we have high school humor, um, that those kids who may have been picked on, just hold tight. Just hold on. Oh, yeah. Because one day all those people who picked on you will be working for you. Look, <laughs> I, I know I play stupid all the time on here because, like, that's just – That's our thing. It's that's more fun, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, legitimately, I, I found, like, after, you know, a couple decades out of high school, you know, a lot of those same people that, you know, we used to come to odds with and mm-hmm. just, like, beat the hell out of each other for lack of a better thing because yeah. it happened. Yeah. It, it was what it was. It, it, School back then wasn't like it is now. You know, we didn't have metal sure. detectors, and we weren't afraid that someone's going to come shoot up school. Yeah, or if we had an issue, crap. we yeah. we met outside and we yeah, kicked it or, out, and that just, was it. Yeah, and the story. Yeah, yeah, and it was solved after that. You know, whoever yeah. won won, whoever lost lost, and it was what it was. You know, yeah. but like, granted, I got the crap beat out of me a lot, especially middle school boy. Woo! And, and that that and and part of it was that. You know, yeah. I was focused on schoolwork. I was trying to like. Better myself because I I've always had that Star Trek mentality because like I want to be a better person. I mean that yeah. that's half the reason I agreed to do the show with you, Chance, whether you know it or not. Because like I'm never like you met me on a tour boat, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. I was always quiet <clears throat> yeah. until like I, I got, drug it out of you. Yeah, or I got really comfortable with the job and yeah. like was able to talk to the crowds, and I'm drying out. Mm-hmm. I should have brought water. <laughs> Good lord. Oh. Yeah, no. Uh the humidity's gone out of Florida and so now I am a mummy. Yeah. But um <laughs> it just a lot of those people now, like as people grow up, they become more down to earth and they're like, "You know what? You you're kind of a cool dude now." I was like, "Well, I was like kind of a cool dude then." I just, you know, yeah. we we were on two different sides of the cool coin. I got picked on when I was in middle school and I was Especially when I got kicked out of Sarasota Middle School, <laughs> I had to go out to I had to go to a special school, and I don't mean special for like learning disability, but because I was into a lot of trouble skipping school and stuff like that. And when I was there, yeah, half those kids looked like they were on parole. So I was this little shrimp, you know, and everybody knew each other, and I didn't know anybody, and I got picked on relentlessly. And as time went by, though. I started kind of like getting that groove, you know, started making friends here and there, you know, and like I said, I'd gotten picked on, beat up and all that. Then came high school. Well, during that summer, I'd sprouted up about six inches. Yeah, you were, you you got big. Yeah. And so at that point, things kind of changed. But here's the thing. All throughout high school, I always hung out with, not the jocks, you know, the cool kids. I didn't, you know, granted, I had long hair. I was kind of a headbanger back then in the day, for lack of a better term to describe me. Yeah. But I hung out with, like, the nerds. That's yeah. who I hung out with. That was my friends. Oh, you yeah. Know, because they, and the reason why, they were real. Yeah. They exactly. didn't try to put on this fake persona in front of everybody else in school and this, you know, this facade to be the, the, the cool and popular person, hang out with the right people, wear the right clothing, yada, yada, yada. They were who they were. And that's what I loved about them was their honesty. That's why and I so don't I wound take... up kind of protecting a lot of them. Oh, you know? dude, that's why, like... That that right there describes high school in general, and because and yeah. then the people who are acting super fake, or even as adults, like mm-hmm. you turn on the TV, flip on one of these like talk shows or whatever, and like, it, oh, we real, we rule in here. We we talk about the real truth, or we talk about the real blah blah blah, the real. No, topic. no, no. So, they talk about their reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. their reality, and, and that that. 
that's the thing I appreciate about Avi the most, and that's why I like having him on yeah. because like it is not you know my reality, your reality. It is everyone's the reality, the yeah, true the, the, reality, the, just a fact outside of your matrix. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, this microphone on the end is spongy. It, it, that that factual, flat down. All right. The, the thing about that I like about him too is the fact that he's such a for someone who's so smart. I mean, the guy's a professor at Harvard for Christ's sakes. The guy is so smart, but he's the same guy you can sit down and have a beer and a steak with and shoot the breeze about he's anything and everything. He's yeah, humble. He's humble. He, exactly. he, and I feel like a little bit that may be upbringing because, I mean, he, yeah. he came from humble beginnings over in Israel. Yep. And it was one of those things like you and I. Like, I grew up, you know, in trailers and stuff. And, yeah, you know, I grew up in a rough neighborhood. Yeah, yep. I mean, and it makes you a for lack of a better term, a better person in yeah. a way because, like, you're not – I'm not going to judge the homeless man sitting outside, you no. know. I'm, he's been through some stuff, you know. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Hey, bro, you need some food? Here you go, you know. Yeah. I mean, no, then again, that naivety, for lack of a better word, has gotten me in some big trouble and got me kind of uh, worked over a few times. But, yeah. I mean, at the same time, yeah. you can't let stuff like that ruin you. No, you can't because not everybody is that way. Yeah, and – Honestly, as we've seen throughout, like, the past 21 months of, like, COVID, yeah. majority of the world wants to do right. Now, right now, the view of what is right and wrong is a little skewed, but yeah. everybody in their own way right now is trying to do what they think is the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, The only ones who are really not doing the right thing is the ones that are on the very far fringe, and of, I'm talking about either side. Yeah. It oh, doesn't matter which one. Oh, I'm yeah. talking about the far either side. Yeah. Yeah. And and, but that's the thing. Like the petty divisions and the petty like, the hijacking of our society basically yeah. by dividing us is stupid. Exactly. And minuscule. I, and in the grand scheme of things, like if we did find, I hope like hell he finds extra. I really do life, too. Because all this petty bullcrap will be out the freaking window. There, yeah, w- there won't no be there won't be any more like, oh, you're racist, blah blah blah, this that, and the other. You're hey, uneducated. Really? <laughs> Go play that with them. The ones who learn how to do interstellar travel. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. like, go go talk to – we have aliens, bro, like real live aliens. Yeah. We, we need that Star Trek first contact moment where, like, these pointy-ear fellas come down in a spaceship to this little redneck camp and, like, live long and prosper. And it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know? Would you like a bit of that? <laughs> yeah, or like try to show him what was it? Was he Elvis he was playing, or was it something else? No, it wasn't Elvis. It was uh, something else. But like, but the point being is, I, I totally agree with you that I think that we just might need it because it might kind of wake a lot of people up and shake them out of their their reality of what they have of, of what they think they deem as. Here's the problem I see with the arguing once again, just like we we're talking about earlier with Avi Loeb and some yeah. of these other professors and such and other scientists. Is the ego and greed aspect that causes the problems and headaches throughout the majority of it. If we knock that pride out of everybody, I'm not talking about left, right, in the middle, everybody, knock that pride out. Start looking at the facts in front of you and the logic, and I guarantee we'll all start getting along a lot better. Because at the end of the day, if you think you're special, think about this. There's about 8 billion people on this planet. This planet is one of an infinite amount of numbers. Not including, which they've already been proving more and more, that parallel universes do exist. Which that means more than infinite of what we already assume. I'm not talking about parallel universes at all. No, but you're not to, sending me but, down a rabbit hole. Okay, okay. No, but no, I'm, no, okay, go away. Okay, just stop and let me finish my point then. I, chop, I, won't, chop. I won't take you down that road. Thank you. But the point being is that when you think you're that special and that high up on yourself over everybody, just think. You're nothing but. You're not even... To put it even mathematical terms, you're not even a speck of sand of, of, of all the entire dirt on the entire planet that makes the planet. And I'm talking about for a single speck. There's more than that throughout the entire universe. All right. No. Yeah. Perspective time over. All right. And that's just for the planet, not including yeah, your singular self. Can we be fun again? No. <laughs> I'm going to be... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So... That was... Whew. But I was putting that in, into a perspective. Yeah, a, a no, no perspective. absolutely. Like, I, yeah. I, was, I was trying to be a little gentle about it, bro, but damn. Not me. I'm about as tactful as a jackhammer. But yeah, at least I get enough. my point across. You'll understand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And trust me. I mean, we all have our egos. We do. And it's okay to have a little bit of an ego. It's okay to be confident. You know, yeah. because people, especially if they're going to follow you, 
they like the fact that you're confident because at least you probably know what you're doing. But there is a very fine line between confidence and ego. Well, see, that, that, that's the difference. You have to be confident, but you have to be able to admit when you're wrong. And that is – Confidence is knowing what you're doing, but be humble. Yeah. And yeah. Avi Loeb, to a freaking T, people. Um, such a good dude, and uh, hopefully we did him justice. I feel like kind of a – I really feel like I botched it a little bit with the uh, – phone fiasco and then your headphones went wrong at the same time Dude, and i'm like oh yeah. my god is going down that was just such like a weird twist all that like literally my headphones all of a sudden doop, just stopped working Dude, my add could not keep up with that it was just like oh my god i'm, I'm supposed to be talking right now i'm supposed to be like a great host and stuff and uh his headphones going wrong and did i get yeah. the phone right is his levels up oh, what you crash and burn you ruined the whole show yeah probably throw this one away no, we're not going to. We're, <laughs> okay. No, we're going to laugh at this one. This is going to be like. No, one of this those is great. Like, yeah, uh, dude. I, what did I tell you before I even came on? I don't. You remember. were worried about the phone lines because of what they had done, you know, to fix things. Yeah, no, that's cool. That it happens. If if I, I, I didn't care. hang up on them. I don't care. Yeah, I don't <laughs> care who you talk to in radio. Everybody has a bad day with a guest once in a while, whether they lose them on accident, you know, when they try to call in, or. They forget to call in, which or, happens. You know, or they, busy, uh, they miscommunicate, and they think we're so, we were supposed. To, he he thought we were supposed to call him. So yeah, uh, that was my bad. You failed. He was absolutely correct in that email too. Yeah, yeah. we absolutely both failed. Yeah. So it is what it is. But you know? hey, he he cut us a break. So yeah, he cut us a break. He still came on. He didn't um ditch us and bail us and uh, yeah. said I'll call you and oh who was that comedian? Oh Dane Cook. He's like I'll call you later and I never call. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're coming up toward the end of the show, so I'm going to get into another subject right now, oh, and we're going to be man. moving on to talking about our St. Augustine event. All right, cool. All right, so um, you're going to be joining all of us from H&E Entertainment for a Parapro production. This is a Parapro production being put on by H&E Entertainment, the company that Jesse and I own. Uh, it's going to be Seaside Mayhem at St. Augustine, which is a St. Augustine Lighthouse, for February 25th and 26th. Uh, you'll be joining us for the full VIP weekend. You get to enjoy Ripley's Believe It or Not, Hair-Raising Tram Tour, and Haunted Castle Investigation that's been added on. On Saturday, join us at the St. Augustine Lighthouse for more mayhem as we go uh, with Paraprobe Live. We'll be doing our show live from there at the uh, St. Augustine Lighthouse. Thanks for the heads up. You're welcome. And, dude, it's in February. you got plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're also going to be, obviously, investigating the lighthouse, which is going to be fun. Uh, both the events, uh, uh, for, let me put this in perspective too, for some of the people that are kind of new to maybe the paranormal. The St. Augustine Lighthouse in St. Augustine, Florida is a very well known, documented, haunted location. Haunted um, AF. Yes, there has been multitudes of like ghost hunting shows that have gone there and repetitively gone back to it because they always get stuff. Everything from having shadow people caught on camera. Uh, to disembodied voices, people seeing full-body apparitions on the grounds. So you not only get the lighthouse to investigate, you also get the grounds around the lighthouse to investigate. So if you ever hear about me not ever doing another investigation after this, you know why. Oh, don't be a wuss. I will bail. You can handle this. Maybe. So uh, my dad, I I, I got to be tough because my dad's gonna be there. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but it's definitely gonna be a whole lot of fun, man. A paranormal, uh, you know, fun time happening. Um, so we definitely want to make people uh, market calendars and stuff. Uh, the sales. Uh, Kim went ahead and told me we're gonna go ahead and probably open up by next week. Probably by the end of next week, we'll be uh, opening up sales for the so tickets. So after Thanksgiving. Uh, yes, like Saturday, we might just go ahead and just drop it out there on Saturday afternoon or something on our Instagram, let people know. But we'll give the official push. The weekend that we come back on the show. Okay, cool. Yeah, there we go. See, yep. this, so, is, uh, this, this is how our information. This is how my information comes in. Like, yes, um, I'm a total novice to this. So, like, yeah. chances like, let me tell you what you're doing. Yep. And the cool thing is that you get to hunt. You know, get to go out there and ghost hunt and hang out with me. You know, with Jesse. Uh, there's going to be a few more people coming along. We got Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Cadies. Uh, she's one of the newest members of H&E. Oh. Yep. Uh, Kim is going to be there. Kim Rutherford. Uh, we also have Scotty Burns from War Party Paranormal. Nice. She's coming out. Yep. Sweet. And uh, and a special fun guest that uh, he had nothing better to do and wanted to come hang out. Jeff Hillier from DeadX Radio. From back in the day in DeadX Radio, he's coming out to hang out with us. Oh, it's going to be a fiasco. Yeah, it's going to be a fiasco with all of us hanging out. Um. So I, I also too, I want to give a, a big shout out to somebody right now, Jennifer Caddies. Uh, I hope I'm saying her name correctly because I know she's going to kick me in the hoo hoo if I don't get this right. But Jennifer Caddies, there we go. She is one of the newest, like I said, one of the newest uh, people from you know 
uh, for, for ghost hunting and also on our H&E, you know, roster for our company. Uh, she's been doing research, you know, out the yin-yang for our, you know, for our group, uh, for the company, you know, helping Kim out relentlessly every day with all these different events that we're locking in for next year. And I just want to give her a special shout-out and a big thank you to her. We always told... Excuse me, I'm sorry, I got hiccups. We always tell Kim, thank you for everything she does, you know, for booking our events and such, you know, for next year. Matter of fact, we do have one, we're putting together one major, major event for the end of next year. And I ain't talking about major where some people go, we got this major paranormal event, there's going to be like 5,000 people. No, I'm talking far more than that, a lot more. Um, we are working on something possibly uh, that may be happening by the end of next year uh, for 2022. Uh, that one, I will not say any more than that about that until things are locked in. But we do have a meeting coming up in December about that particular thing. And if this goes through... He's going to be happy. Yeah, I'm going to be extremely happy. This is my, my unicorn of events that I'm hoping to land and pull off. And this one will be huge. As a matter of fact, it will probably be the biggest paranormal event that happens in the state of Florida. And if everything goes well, this will be a annual event that we're going to be doing. Which is super exciting. That's what yes. we want. And that's we, as far as I'm going to go on that. Yeah. So one more time, I'm going to throw this back out there again a little bit more. But once again, thank you, Jennifer, for helping us out with everything so much. And obviously, Kim, you already know, we thank you every day. So uh, I'm not thanking you again. <laughs> <laughs> but... uh so, like I said, we got Scotty Burns coming out, you know, Jeff Hillier, you know, uh, quite a few other people that's going to be helping us. Uh, there's even more guests that are probably going to be showing up, too, uh, a couple of surprise guests. But we do have the St. Augustine Lighthouse, and uh, this whole event is going to be the uh, Seaside Mayhem um, of St. Augustine. It's going to be happening February 25th and 26th. Uh, join us for the full VIP weekend. You get to go to Ripley's Believe It or Not uh, for their hair-raising tram tour. And you get to do a haunted castle investigation there in St. Augustine. And that's for the, just the first night. That's just the first night. And then the next night, then you all get to come out and you get to do the St. Augustine Lighthouse and get to investigate with us overnight. And you get to see us do our show live. We may just yank you out of the crowd and pull you on the air with us and ask you questions and see how you've been enjoying the event and uh, what you think about us. And, and if you say anything bad, well, we'll just cut your mic and we'll just kick you out of your seat. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're about to close it up here. Make sure you all check out Avi Loeb. That's A-V-I-L-O-E-B. Yes. And Google him. You'll find out his information <laughs> there. Uh, that's basically what he yeah. told us. And as then, soon as you Google his name, there's like five pages oh, yeah. that automatically come up for Google for him, for um, everything that he's doing, plus his books. Yeah, he's also on the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, episode 1519, if I'm correct. Yep. And check out his Galileo project, which is now apparently affiliated with Dagum government. Dagum. Daggum. Daggum. Woohoo. Uh, my son's been watching a lot of cars, so, like, I got a little lab- label to car- Larry the Cable Guy going on. I can't talk tonight. I'm done. No, you I can't. Quit. I think you were. You know what? I could tell before we even started the show, you were so nervous about I was him excited. coming on again. It wasn't even, we, it wasn't well, even nerves. nerves. It was excited. Yeah, yeah. It was a happy Yeah, nerve. I was so yeah. excited because, like, he's a great guest, and he's such a good dude. Like, yeah. I like having good people on here. Like, we need to get, um, uh, I'm, nope. Well, I do have some other guests. I'll go ahead and throw their names out there. Uh, we have Ryan Buell, Paranormal State. Uh, he's talking about coming on the show. Cool. Yeah, uh, looking at getting him on. Uh, good buddy of ours, uh, which we've already brought up before, but I'll bring it up again because he is going to be coming on the show eventually. He's finding, He's when? been touring so much between his own personal tours that he's doing because he's got his own album out now and his own singles, but also obviously touring with you know Three Doors Down, my buddy Justin Biltonen, you know, basis for Three Doors Down. Yep. Uh, he's going to be coming on the show as well. Uh, we, we have, see it. yes, um, I may be getting Tom Holland, not from Spider-Man, Tom Holland, oh. but Tom Holland, the gentleman who created Chucky and directed Child's Play, Fight oh, Night, sweet. many other films, uh, might be getting him on and be talking to him, uh, not might be, but getting him on in the near future wise, might. So we'll probably be getting him on here shortly and, uh, and that's going to be it. We got more coming, but we're running out of time here. So you guys have a great rest of your weekend. We won't be here next weekend. So please enjoy your holidays and be safe. Yeah. Do you like pina coladas? <laughs> Do you like getting cotton rain? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Good night, y'all. Happy Thanksgiving. Of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like pina
Arizona Health